Enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her, don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. That's Tim. That's Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together. We talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classic down to that rare gem that tosses the word shitter around like it's nothing at the back of your video store shelf. This week, Tim and I are continuing I Made a Thing, our John Carpenter series with his 1983 Stephen King adaptation, Christine. Tim, have you ever had a... Obsession with a car? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. He asks him knowingly. Yes. No. And, I, and I'm sure I probably referenced it, but it's, it is a really, it, it's a good story and it's a true story. And um, for, for me, it's like, <clears throat> and, and somebody might roll their eyes at this, but it's the equivalent of like, if you and I were out somewhere and like Johnny Depp walked in, like uh-huh. it's, it's on that level. Because my favorite car of all time is a 1971 Plymouth Barracuda. If it was a 70 or a 72, then the chances of getting one at least at any sort of affordable price would be halfway, you know, reasonable. Yeah. But the 71 is is just particularly rare. But the reason why I love it is because it's the car that's featured in Phantasm. Oh. So what's cool about the 71 Barracuda is that not only does it look tough i mean it's mopar um and it's it's of that that group so you've got you know you've got chevy you've got ford you've got mopar mopar is like plymouth dodge those cars and not only does it look tough but there's something about the lines of it when you look at it especially from the side it looks almost sinister like it looks like not a tough guy like a Rambo tough guy, yeah. but a tough guy like uh, John Leguizamo and uh, Romeo and Juliet, like slick, <laughs> like it's gonna, he's going to stick you. Okay. You know, um, it looks like it, it's got these kind of sloping lines downward, and it just – it literally looks like it's got bad intentions. It right. looks – I don't want to say like – oh, it's not like skeevy, but it's just kind of like like if you if you ever saw a guy that was – Really bad news and, you know, not a guy that you'd want to hang around, but is somehow like irresistibly attractive. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that's what this car looks like. And so, so like you. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm the one that your mom said to stay away from. Uh, don't bring me home to dinner. Um, but no, that, that I was at a, a car show and, um, I, I might've told this story, but it's, it's worthwhile to say again. Um, I was at a car show it was, it was, uh, during the fall, it was a beautiful day outside and there were a ton of awesome cars. I mean, just, uh, uh, it was on the grass. It was in this lot, just open grassy lot. And there was a DJ there and they were playing like fifties music and stuff. And so I'm just loving the whole entire vibe of the thing because I love cars and I love the fifties. And uh, I was just like a perfect place for me. And I'm looking at a lot of cars that I would love to have. And then I looked off to my, looked over my shoulder to the left at a car that was coming into the lot. And I, I knew that it was a Barracuda 
that I knew just in that like split second glance, I knew what it was and I turned away from it and I said, don't, don't do this. <laughs> just stop right now. It's not a 71. It's going to be a 70 or a 72, which they all look roughly similar. And I'm like, just forget about it. Like enjoy the fucking cars that are right in front of you and just stop thinking about it because you're just going to get obsessed with it. And you're going to be disappointed when you walk over there and you see that it's not a 71. So I walked around for as long as I could take, which was about two more minutes. <laughs> and then I, the car parked and I, I made my way over, like just gently, like this welling feeling is coming up inside of me as I'm getting close to it. Because not only whether it was a 71 or not, I had never been, I'd never seen a Barracuda in person and it was black, which I love. And so I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this no matter what, but I'm just walking toward it. God, the only, this is going to sound absolutely fucking terrible, but it's the only way I can put it. If you've ever gone to the hospital when you know you're going there, not for like with hopes, but you you're going there because you know, the person that you're going to see is going to die. Yeah. A grandparent or something like that. And you have this feeling where it's like you're walking in, you're going through the motions, you know how it's going to end. And so you're just kind of like floating, like you're not really there. And that's how I was as I was walking up to this car. And I, I was just sort of like dissociated from the, the actual moment. And then I got up to it and I literally get choked up just thinking about it. <laughs> I got up to it and I, I looked at the fact sheet in the window and I saw that it was a 71 and literally tears just welled up in my Jesus. eyes. I never, ever thought in my lifetime that I would ever, ever see this car. Yeah. And not only was it, was it a 71, it was black. It was everything that I would have ever wanted. And I just like, but the guy that owned it is sitting there and I have to like hold my shit together because I don't want to seem as drastically unstable as I was feeling at the moment. <laughs> right. And I just like casually walked around it and it was just like, it was like all the oxygen just went out of the air. Like I could not believe what was in front of me. And it was, it was something I'll never, ever forget. Yeah. I just love that car. And I, it it was it's just such a treat in my life. Is it just because it was in Phantasm? Well, that's how it started. That that's how I first noticed it. Where yeah. I'm like, my god, that what what so differentiates a seventy one from a seventy or a seventy two? Really, not much at all. Okay. I mean, there's there's and a lot of it is just seventy thousand like dollars. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Um, is a lot of it is just inner workings. There's not a tremendous difference to the styling. But what I like about that car in particular is that like Mustangs are cool, but they're they're kind of um, depending on the most the majority of the years. So they're a little more squat. They're a little. I mean, it's a pony car. It's a little, little smaller. Um, it's super tough. Uh, same thing with the Camaro, and I love Camaros too. But, um, but the Barracuda is got the right balance of like back end, front end. It's not too snub nosed. It's not too. I love older like late sixties cars like Coronets too. That are but they're like they're tough looking, but they're really long. I mean, there's no getting around the fact that they're like big cars. Yeah. So it kind of takes a, away a little bit of the the toughness. But the Barracuda's balance of, of lines and styling and size is, to me, to my aesthetic, perfect. And so, like, yeah, it's just like – it's like seeing a, a priceless piece of art for me. Wow. Yeah. Um, how about you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. In fact, I have, like, severe – like, you think my face blindness is bad? Car, My car blindness is even worse. <laughs> 
You're like, in this movie, what of the three cars did you like? I'm like, I'm two of these cars are identical to each other. (laughs) 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 Okay. And that's, I mean, the one has like fins on it and I'm like, oh, that's different. It is. Yeah. Yeah, But uh, other than that, I could give a flying shit about any car. (laughs) I had that station wagon. I liked that, but that just kind of looked funny. You probably like like the I like a car Volvo. that looks funny. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nancy went to a uh, psychic way before we met, and she was like, "You will, you will end up with someone who is obsessed with classic cars." <laughs> and for the first time ever, the psychic was wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How Everything else that was. One. Yeah. But there is a part where I kind of do like weird old cars. I don't like. You know, it was just like a weird one-off, like a gremlin or a pinto. I don't know. No, I don't even I know, know what, what a mean. pinto looks like. <laughs> Something that that looks like kind of like quirky, kind of like um, like when you see a dog that's so ugly, it's cute. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I hate going to car shows because you see the concept cars and you're like, why the fuck aren't they making these? Right. These are cool looking. Right. Your concept is perfect. Yeah. Make it. But instead you're like, ah, scrap that. Sedan. <laughs> <laughs> Which marks the first time in 15 years that someone has uttered the word sedan. Um, <laughs> Do they not make sedans anymore? I th- they make sedans. Um, I remember uh, there was a girl that was starting work at the office and she was having a hard time finding it. And she was pulling in and we could see her. And the guy who she was on the phone with in the office saw her car and he's like, oh, are you in a blue sedan? And she's like, uh, it's a like Dodge. It's like a Toyota Corolla. You know, he's <laughs> right. like, OK, um, but anyhow. So let me ask you this. Did you ever go to the car show at McCormick Center? We live in Chicago. Yeah, one time I was young. I went with my neighbor, a Nazi neighbor. Yes. And you went to you did. You hung out with that guy a lot. Well, yeah, he was Way like more. my best friend. OK, <laughs> um, next door neighbor. I just never knew we that were the was, same age. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he's really the Nazi. His dad was more. Did you did you sit in affiliated? Any of the I shouldn't even say he was a Nazi. No, I'm not going to get myself in trouble here. <laughs> I knew the kid. He didn't come on like he didn't scream Nazi. No, no. Yeah, no. Um. I mean, nor did he like come off as a Nazi, like, but he didn't vote like he didn't literally use his voice to scream the word Nazi. No, no. Um, But he also didn't look it either. He looked more. I always thought he was vaguely like not Hispanic, like uh, Mexican, but more like. uh, Well, he's half Brazilian. Okay, Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that kid. Yeah, he's a great kid. Um, Did you sit in any of the cars when you were there? I don't think so. It's funny, like they don't let you sit in like the Porsches or the Lamborghinis. Uh-huh. But you can get I, the, about the highest level that I remember sitting in was like a, maybe like an Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Which is still a nice car. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a there's a problem with that I have with the styling of cars these days where obviously and I, I can't fault car companies because they were going for aerodynamics and gas mileage, you know, uh, maximization and all that sort of thing. But it certainly has lost the character. Like, even if what you're saying about your likes and dislikes, if you like a car that is sort of quirky, well, there's like nothing for you now. Right. Um, And the only one would. That's why I had an orange car. I'm like, this is really. And it's not even because it was quirky. It was so I could find it in a parking lot because every fucking car looks identical. Like when I drive Nancy's black SUV, fuck it. I have to look for the bumper stickers. 
The last car that I saw that that felt like, and I don't like the car, but I mean that it, it seemed like it had some sort of different styling was called the Juke. Mm-hmm. And it literally looks like if a car could have birth defects, it would be the juke. <laughs> and if you look one up, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But no, you're right. Here's the other funny thing about cars. They make them in, let me count it, four colors. <laughs> Go drive, literally, drive down the street for 30 minutes just drive around your town go to the grocery store whatever you'll see black cars uh-huh. white cars yeah. red cars and silver cars and white cars. Right, so let's say five yeah that red is kind of an outlier that's but- why my car is red now i got a new car couldn't get it in orange red was <laughs> the most unique color i could get it's a nice red too it's like yeah, a brick it's red great. yeah it's like great it. Um, but yeah, literally there's, I mean, when we were growing up, that's the other thing too, is that now part of this is also due to the fact that there was more difference in styling and lines and silhouettes of cars. But do you remember like growing up, like you'd go to just, I don't know, get lunch with your friends at high school and look outside and you'd see cars of our era. And then you'd see some big giant ass seventies boat rolling down. Oh, the road. sure. We don't even fucking see that anymore. No, It's just, everything looks the same and it's just, it drives me nuts because I don't know what people could get excited about, you know, unless I don't know. I, I just, for me, like, I, but I guess different people are into different things. Like there are, I'm not into video games and there are probably people who are like, I don't know how you get through every day, like not being excited <laughs> about video games, but it's just, yeah, that, and I don't know, like, um, yeah. What do you do with your eight hours? If it's not on civilization six, <laughs> <laughs> is that a video game? Yeah. Okay. But one of my favorites. Um, so the uh, the thing of it is, is that there there is, and it was part of the the reason why this movie came to be was just that the the sort of interest in the American, specifically American infatuation with the the automobile. Yeah, and and I think that that I mean, some people might roll their eyes at this, but I guess maybe what it might have come to represent was a sort of like freedom or individualism or like, um, you know, like uh, oh, just that sort of when 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 you hear when a car person smells like the the sort of old gas in a in an old classic car when a V8 when it starts up and a V8 has a an undeniable rumble which kills me about my car I have a, a Challenger but it's a V6 full second faster in the quarter mile than the late 70s versions but that's just technology but it doesn't have the sound it doesn't have that that rumble um but I mean it's I think that there's something call it like a silly testosterone thing or whatever. But I mean, it's, it really is a, like a guttural feeling that you feel like in your, in the, in your balls and your stuff. I mean, for a woman, I know, I know plenty of women that love classic cars too. Sure. They must feel it somewhere like in their, in your gut. Like you just feel yeah. a, like a, a power sort of. Yeah. And I, I, and the feeling is real. So what you can't necessarily say it's misguided. Um, but w- what it represents, I don't know other yeah, than power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so overcompensating for maybe something else. Well, you, usually, I mean, you could say that, but we're there. not, we're not talking about lifted trucks here. Um, but, <laughs> well, no, that's <laughs> no, compensating I, for a whole other thing, <laughs> but no, um, some lifted trucks are cool. 
if you go mudding. Depends on how many flags you can fit on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the but they they have to be on two by fours, not even like a nice slender flagpole. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um no, I uh I, I love cars. I also and- like a comical, like comically small car. Because I'm big, we used to have this neighbor, Mr. Saltzman. He would drive to work every morning while we waited for the bus. He just had this little, I guess you call it hatchback. Yeah. Very small car. He was a very tall guy. And we would just be like, here he goes in the scrunch mobile. And he's just <laughs> like, you know, like the, do you know the Simpsons with the, uh, <laughs> where Nelson's laughing at the guy in the, the big guy in the small car. And he gets out and is it's a it's one of the more famous Simpsons okay. bits where Nelson's laughing at him and he's like, "Are you just laughing at me because of my size? This is the only car I can afford." Like he's just like <laughs> so like <laughs> calm and just dresses Nelson down. It's <laughs> awesome. It's so good. Uh, but like that, like yeah, I owned a Mini Cooper for like a year. Like the the w- there was a time in my life I could afford that, and I was like, I'm gonna treat myself with this car I've always wanted. Like I dreamed of getting like a real Mini from England. I even went when I had to go there for work, like checked out a right side drive Mini that was for sale. Like fucking thing had cobwebs in it, and I was like, wow. How do I ship this to to me? Have you? Did you drive a, a right side car over there? Oh yeah, sure. H- how did that feel? Uh, it's fine. You get used to it, and it is weird because I do remember then getting home. This was before. Was I married yet? I don't remember. I know I was at my in laws or future in laws at the time, whatever. And I was like leaving their house, and they live kind of on a country road. And so I'm driving down and I'm like, God, what would be crazy if I was in England? I'd be driving on the other side of the road. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I am on the other <laughs> side of the road. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, you, you know, it, it's a quick adjustment. It's not too bad. So you don't feel like you're going to, like, fall over. Like, you don't feel like your equilibrium is, like, totally off. No, 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 no. Um, it's just, you know, it's just kind of one of those weird things. Okay. But you you adjust to it pretty quickly. But. Yeah, I always I wanted a mini. I got one of those. Not very practical to have in Northwest Indiana. <laughs> so it was terrible in the snow. Oh yeah. There was one guy around town here. He used to have this like little two seat oh, yeah. convertible that was called, and I don't know why they don't make these anymore. Called a midget. <laughs> a midget. <laughs> That's what it was called. Okay. Because I was like, I that car I was obsessed with. Like it looked like a toy, and I'm like, I have to have that. So I, you know, I I can't say I don't care about cars, but I don't care about cars. <laughs> Just if I that, see something, I'd be like, yeah. But I would I never then go research and are like, well, the difference between the uh, 08 and the 07, they changed the. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know anything about cars to where I can come up with an example of what they changed on a car. I just love the idea of like some guy like trying to like ask a woman out on a date and her being like, that sounds great. Like, you know, what should we do? Oh, we'll go to the botanical gardens. We'll go to this great spot for lunch. And uh, uh, should we take my midget? <laughs> like, we're just being like, oh, is he like a servant? Isn't that for <laughs> when we get home? Um, but Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just had it all greased up and everything. It's ready to go. Um, but <laughs> no, I, uh, I remember the dude that went around. I mean, he was a, he's, I think he's somebody's dad who we went to high school with. It's not a, well, 
not a gas motor car. Yeah. It's that fucking like bike thing. Oh, burn fat, not fuel. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So what is he? He's pedaling and it's maybe some sort of electrical motor. Uh, Possibly. I don't I haven't seen that thing in 15 years. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing that freaks me out, this is not a car. Have you ever seen one of those like walking bikes before? Where you walk. Oh, yeah. You just like walk on a treadmill, but it makes the bike go. Yeah, yeah. I have seen those. Those are kind of cool. It looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, again, those are too too out there to where you're just like, I can't just use this. I'll constantly have to be talking about it. And that's another thing I don't want to do. I don't want to talk to you about my car. I don't give a fuck about my car. Right. Right. I don't give a fuck about your car. (laughs) A little bit, though. (laughs) Um, no, (laughs) no, you know know what? They don't have enough on cars anymore. Flames. Whatever happened to just cars having flames? I don't think they ever did. You just got them put on. Yeah. Well, no, I'm sure. But I mean, but even still, like nobody's a lost art. Nobody's putting flames on their car. Yeah. There was a girl. It was crazy. There's a, uh, I was picking my kid up from the high school. Someone had the same, my old, uh, orange cross track. They had one, but it was covered in like these flower decals and it looked gorgeous. I was like, become friends with that person because I want that I want that yes. car around. Um she did not become friends. But then we found out our neighbor is friends with them because I pulled up one day and it was in front of our house. I'm like, oh, she made friends with, <laughs> with the flower the, the car. Flower girl yeah, and the no, flower girl. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Never been more disappointed in my kid. There, I'll show you a picture sometime. There's somebody that bought a Challenger. It was one of the more uh, higher end Challengers, and they had it uh, vinyl wrapped. You know how they can vinyl wrap cars? Yeah. And the vinyl wrap is so fucking badass. It looks like five different colors of rusted out paint. Looks like orange <laughs> rust oh, all nice. over the place. And it is like <laughs> yeah, a $70,000 car <laughs> that could beat anything on the road. And it looks like shit and so awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll show you a picture. I'm later. into that. Um, but uh, but no, I, I think it's something that uh, I guess it's all an individual taste. Um, it's just to me, it's a shame that there's not more variety out there for us. Yeah. But um, they used to make cool cars. They did. Uh, and one of them was the star of a 1983 movie called Christine. Let's get into the Wikipedia facts. So this is uh, written by Bill Phillips, directed by John Carpenter, mm. who just became a grandfather. Congratulations, John Carpenter. He sure looks like one. Yeah. Join, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're supposed to wait till you're 75, not 45? <laughs> yeah. Idiot. Um, stars Keith Gordon. He loves Keith and a regular last name. Uh, John Stockwell and Alexandra Paul. It had a budget of $10 million, box office of 21 Another just fine, fine movie for him let's do nan some and we'll get into some spoilers Artie cunningham is a friggin virgin nerd with tape on his glasses has an overbearing mother and is a magnet for bullies but all that changes after the day he buys a broken down fury coupe that needs major restoration he pours his heart and soul into his car and it shows the car looks beautiful and arnold himself seems to have gained coolness and confidence that he lacked before he begins dressing nicer and starts dating the new hot girl lee Suspicions of his new, uh, suspicious of his new lifestyle. Arnold's best friend Dennis does some digging and learns the car has a history of obsessive ownership and a string of fatal accidents. And as Arnold's bond with his car grows, 
He learns the car itself has a mind of its own and is able to drive and manipulate itself in order to cause mayhem to the people who have wronged her and Arnold. Now Dennis and Lee must try and save their friend before he loses everything to the love of his life, Christine. Boom. <laughs> it's roomy. It's got a nice sized trunk. Excellent gas mileage. Causes mayhem. Uh, you're going to love this. <laughs> Oh, uh, what's it going to take to get you into this mayhem today? Right. <laughs> so the radio uh, can read your mind. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, Christine, um, one that kind of slipped by me a little bit because, as we were talking about earlier, it, it wasn't a slasher. Yeah, and so I just um, I didn't pay much attention to it, especially since like the closest thing to a sex scene is the Heimlich maneuver, <laughs> which in its own way can get a little hot. <laughs> sure, little yeah. Um, a lot of grunting. Yeah, yeah like she kind of thrusting. Back on yeah. The, yeah, it was nice. Um, so anyhow, it just was a little bit off my radar. But this is a movie. I see some it's fun to talk about like these passion projects that people have to work so hard for and they have to like sell kidneys or they dedicate their body to science to make movies. This is one that literally the fucking book came out in April <laughs> and the movie came out in December. Oh, like it was just Stephen King must have just been in a zone as far as hot properties for, yeah. for films. Now, I'm trying to remember, and we should know this, if this came out in 83, what is it that would have made him so popular? You would have had, well, you certainly would have had The Shining in 80. Yeah. You would have had- Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. Um, um, Cujo was l maybe a year later, a year or two later. I don't know. Yeah. But, but I mean, obviously he's- Let's look it up. Oops, sorry. He's uh he's doing well. I mean, he's a he's a hot property. And there was a guy by the name of Richard Kobritz. And Richard Kobritz, um, if any of you uh, suffered through the fog, uh, Kobritz was the last <laughs> name of the babysitter uh, for the boy that apparently was in uh, you know fifteen hours worth of peril that nobody could get to. And um, but there is a producer named Richard Kobritz, and he was producing the Salem's Lot miniseries. Now. I don't particularly remember there being a miniseries. This is a fourth Stephen King movie. A fourth. If, I can, with, if you count Creepshow. Oh. So, yeah, it was Carrie, okay. The Shining, Creepshow, Creep Christine. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, so this. Cujo comes out. Oh, wait. All right. These dates are messed up because Cujo came out four months before this movie. Oh, yeah, so people are just grabbing it. And The Dead Zone came out before this. Holy shit. Wow. So, yeah, August to November. You've got Cujo, Creepshow, Christine. Wow. Dead Zone. Wait, sorry, not Creepshow. Scratch that. Cujo, Dead Zone, Christine. It sounds almost like a, yeah, it's like a haiku almost. Like <laughs> Cujo, Creepshow, Christine. Um, but anyhow, you've got this Salem's Lot miniseries, which nobody has apparently ever heard of. But this Richard Kobritz was producing it. So he got to know Stephen King while he was producing this miniseries. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to look into that. I've never even heard of it before. But anyhow, he's he gets to know Mr. King, and um, Stevie's like, hey, I got these couple things. Like, you want to look at them? I've some manuscripts. Yeah. Take a look at them. One was Cujo, and one was Christine. So Cobritz liked them both, but he liked Christine especially because he had, you know, he was kind of tickled by America's fascination with the, with the automobile, like we're talking about. So he buys that and he immediately wants Carpenter to do it. Now in a weird ass twist of fate, Carpenter can't do it because he's already committed to Firestarter. Oh, 
Oh. But that goes into production hell. He was also committed to a, an adaptation of a book called The Ninja. And the fact that there, for me personally, was not a John Carpenter movie to ever come out called The Ninja. Right. Is like, I just, I want to just rip my clothes off. Like, it's just, <laughs> I'm, I cannot believe that that didn't happen. But anyhow, um, Carpenter's tied up in Firestarter. It goes into production hell. So then Carpenter's freed up and in true Carpenter style, which the more that I, the more interviews I read with this guy, he just doesn't take anything serious. Like no. he's cool. He I know that he does, rolls, but I think he has a little fun with being in Hollywood. Oh yeah. And I just uh, saw a fake article, but it was kind of based in truth. But the article is just like, I'm just every once in a while going to mention a video game to watch you people lose your fucking minds because everyone because he's always <laughs> talked about adapting so because he, he loves, loves video, games, video games loves video games he is loving life that's what he does he gets <laughs> up he plays fucking video games for eight hours and he goes back to bed yeah. like that is what John Carpenter does but you know he's always once in a while being like yeah making like a Resident Evil would be fun and then people are like oh shit John Carpenter. <laughs> If you guys play Dead Space, that game's fun. Oh, my God, Dead Space would be the best. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because immediately they're going to assume, well, he's well, he mu- he mentioned it, so he must be making a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's all, yeah. Even though he hasn't made a movie in 13 years, <laughs> right. by the way. And it was shit. Right. <laughs> right, that too. So, he hasn't made a good movie so since... He said, what was his last good movie? Oh, it wasn't Vampires. <laughs> what? Vampires is fun. It's kind of fun. But if that's just like, you know, that's him doing his like. Dur, 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 dur. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> that's There's a whole genre of just John Carpenter like swagger movies. <laughs> um, but uh, so anyhow, he's freed up, though, and he does it because in his own words, he needed a check. Needed some money. Yeah. And and he knew that it was good for his career. He's like, OK, this is it's Stephen King. This is going to go well. So. um Columbia Pictures gets involved, and they want Scott Bayo and Brooke Shields, which Brooke Shields is one of two ages. She's either 15 <laughs> and being exploited for her body or, like, 50 and still looks, like, pretty good. Right. But there was no, like, middle ground. Like, she was either exploited or, like, taking control of herself, but not until 40 years later. Right. Um, but they were both pretty hot at the time. You know, it's funny. I saw a Full House episode with Scott Bayo on it, and he was he was pretty fucking good. Like, I mean, yeah. I know it's Scott Bayo, but there was something about him that was like a natural East Coast charm. Yeah. And so he wouldn't. Did you not- watch Arrested Development? No. Oh, so you don't know his character on Arrested mm-hmm. Development? <laughs> no. Is he funny on it? Oh, dude. Good? It's more his. I mean, he's fine on it. They use a bunch of because it's Ron Howard. So they have yeah. a bunch of Happy Days people on it. Um, Ron Howard did that show. Yeah, he's the narrator. Yeah. Oh, my. oh dude, I, you got to check him. out this show. It's so good. It's Are so people good. Into Arrested Development. Yes. <laughs> but the Scott Mayo character, he's a lawyer. His name is. I'll say it slowly because it's funnier when it's said quickly. His last name is Loblaw, and his first name is Bob. So it's he's Bob Loblaw. <laughs> That's great. And he's their lawyer. Their lawyer. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. I got to watch that. You should watch that show. For God's sake, David Cross is on it. Like, what yeah, am I doing? It's like three seasons. Don't uh, fucking ignore it. the Netflix shit. Okay. Yeah. So um, 
that apparently just falls apart and and because mainly because the John Carpenter and the other people involved wanted some more unknown folks to do it. Um, Kevin Bacon could have done it if he wanted to, but then he was offered Footloose and he's like, I'm going to go over here and literally become Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Um, So that was that. So we get we get left with the cast that we have and and it's a great cast Uh, the uh, our lead. I've got all the names here. Keith Gordon. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. And that guy was on a bit of a tear. Like, I mean, you like you said, you remember from back to school. Yeah, he's in this, which he's awful in. He was. But I mean, he was. But he has to be opposite Rodney Dangerfield, which you're like, these two are related. Right. (laughs) And that's his dad. He was also in Jaws 2. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's yes. right. That's the right. Guy with the glasses. Yeah, and the hat. that's right. Um, and then you've got John Stockwell, who plays Dennis's friend. But first of all, let me I, I we'll get to more to it. But let me just say I'm going to I've made it's been a little while since I've made a bold claim. <laughs> Keith Gordon in this movie gives I'm going to say it after 141 episodes. Uh huh. One of my favorite performances that we've ever covered. Oh, my God. Literally, like, All I right. was just... And I think what it is is that I know somebody personally that reminds me of him, like, physically, acting-wise. Like, it's just kind of like I'm cheering on my buddy. He's also <laughs> an actor. We've met him. I'll, I'll mention him later. But um, I'm like... I'm just kind of seeing him in this role. And I'm like, you're doing such a great job. Of course, it's not him. It's Keith Gordon. Yeah. But it, I just feel a connection to him. <laughs> and uh, you've got John Stockwell, who started out kind of interestingly. He was a model for uh, Andy Warhol. Oh. And he was in some like, he was kind of mixed up in that, that whole. Like, was a model? Yeah, I know. Kind of a big forehead. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Easy. Uh, but um, no, I. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have a hairline anymore, so it's, you know, you you don't even really have I a big forehead anymore. I kind of the shaved anymore. head thing, though. Yeah. It works, thank God for the shaved head and the beard look. Um, but, uh, and of course, the, the, the eyes that you can kind of just lose yourself in. But, um, <laughs> so you've got this Dean Stockwell, but he went on to do, like, he's a recognizable face. I mean, you've seen him in other stuff. Yeah. Um, or you at least recognize him. Um, God, there was something that he did... There was a movie that he wrote, actually. That oh, was, um, shit. I did see this, but I can't remember. Yeah, it is, but though. I mean, it was like, I was kind of like, oh, shit, he wrote that. Um, you've got Robert Prosky, uh, Polish, uh, who plays uh, Darnell, the, the boss of uh, Arnie, Keith Gordon's character. And you remember him from, like, Picture Him and, like, a button down. Oh, you got that movie? Uh, yeah, Gremlins 2. <laughs> What? He plays a Svengoolie type character oh, in no Gremlins shit. too. Yeah. He like hosts <laughs> awesome. a like you know horror horror show. Maybe we will cover that movie. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, but you remember Robert Prosky from being that kind of grumpy old guy in uh, the beginning of uh, Hill Street Blues, where he would be giving this sort of like speech before all the cops go out and hit the beat for the day. Uh and he was in a million things. You've also got Robert Blossom, whose name I was thinking of when it was Buck Flower. Oh, okay. But I was thinking of Robert Blossom, who plays George, uh, the one who sells Arnie the car. And yeah. you know him as Home Alone. He's the the salt salt shovel guy. I'll tell you what, I watched this movie. What year was Home Alone? Uh, 89. Oh, okay. It's not that late. He looks old and kind of worn down in this. Yeah. And then to know that he was like lived to make another movie. It is crazy to think though those movies are only six years apart though. 
Isn't that crazy? That is fucked up. And it was that long ago. Yeah. He must be dead. Present 90? No, wait. Maybe Home Alone was later than that. That sounds that about right, though. Movie? That sounds about right. Because I saw that in the theater. Yeah. I think my friend might have been working there. So maybe it was like 91, 92, now that I think about it. Anyway. Still, I love, we're talking like two years here. I love that how like so much of your life is just a measure of passage of time with a Nazi. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> so no, I, not that friend was working. No, there. Okay. But um, but yeah, so you've got Robert Blossom. Interesting guy um, is is as much a poet as he is uh, an actor, uh, published poet, well-known poet. Home Alone um, was 1990. So these are only seven years apart. And he this this character of George, which I maybe I'm going a little too far here. Let's rewind back to Ready or Not. Mm-hmm. The character of the sort of let's call it the sort of spiritual benefactor for the the family's riches was LaBelle. Yeah. This uh this gentleman plays George LeBay, oh. who is brother to, I think it's Raymond LeBay, or uh, it's, it's something else. His brother is also, of course, LeBay. But if you look up that biblical term of Baal or different spellings, I think that that's probably what King was playing with there. Was okay. With that LeBay. Um, but this, he's just kind of like. Uh, Which, why? They, they didn't create the car. No. Well, that's what's interesting. In the book. It seems almost as if it's the spirit of the original owner being a horrible person oh, that is okay. that is the catalyst for it, which is why I love this movie so much, because we don't get shit for exposition. It's like that car was born bad. Yeah. And I, I love that. I read an article with Stephen King where he. Um, I do like that, too. I like that there's no like, oh, we have to exercise the demon from the car. Yes. And, and trick it into the car wash with holy water. <laughs> right, there's none of that <laughs> bullshit. Like, um, I uh, I found a, an an article with Stephen King where he was talking about um, the fact that he he's not a huge fan of symbolism. Like, he's like, if something's worth talking about, then let's just put it out in front and talk about it. So he's not. He doesn't <laughs> says the guy who has like. <laughs> some some character sings a song that <laughs> right, always represents true. something. That's true, but um, but yeah. So he like I lo- so he's not even giving a lot of backstory in his book. We get even less backstory in the movie. Yeah, but I, I'm okay with that. The car's yeah. just fucking evil. Yeah, what do you want? And it's killing people from the beginning. But what I think is cool is that this Robert Blossom guy, the guy that that has the junker you know, just rusted out version of Christine when Arnie buys it. He's one of these old guys that is so oddly charming. He's just like, like kind of not necessarily Southern, but it's like, uh, he just, you know, he's charming, but doesn't care whether you live or die, right. you know, <laughs> he's just doing his thing. I'll he's always got a comeback too for everything. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like he's, he's like a pretty witty yeah. guy. Like, you know, compared to, you know, what, what, uh, what you've seen in local standup, he could probably like hold his own up there. <laughs> Um, but, uh, that's not a a reference to some of our friends who are actually very funny, but, um, but no, like he's just one of those like old guys that's seen it all and he's grizzled and, but, but he's, he's got these piercing blue eyes and he'll just look at you and tell you how it is. And he's not afraid of anybody, even though he wears a back brace, that looks like it holds his entire body together. Um, but I just love that dude. Like I could watch him for hours. Yeah. Um, so 
One thing I wanted to ask you about this is that when when I was watching it, we have the the privilege of seeing it in like this high definition. Did this movie come off to you like it was made in 1983? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it looks good, sure. But there, I mean, there are very, very few movies that you watch nowadays where you're like, this looks like shit. Even even fucking hide and go shriek looked really good. That's true. Uh, we have the technology. <laughs> if we only can- I could get the original Star Wars looking like it did <laughs> before they added shit to it. Right. We have that technology. That'd be great. Um, but no, yeah, the, the, it, it looks fantastic. Um yeah, I don't know. What, I think, it, is that- I, think <laughs> I guess what I'm going with is it's not even so much the look of it. It's I feel like the flow of it is nice. It's not now. By the time we get to '83, we've kind of smoothed out some of what we've talked about are like the late '70s or mid '70s, like rough cuts. Yeah, like when you watch The Godfather, you're like, Jesus Christ, did a fucking <laughs> meth addict edit this? Like it looks like crap. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa. but it, no, the scenes themselves are great, but it's just kind of like, there's like no transitions. It's just like the audio is horrible. Like it's just sloppy. Yeah. But, um, but this is really nice. And that's some- Tim. That's Tim saying that I didn't <laughs> Francis, if you're listening, yeah, I didn't say anything about that mafia. If you're listening, <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I loved you guys in the Sopranos. You were great. Um, but, uh, but no, it's um, it's got a, it. It's an hour and fifty minutes, which I will go, not to jump ahead. Could you maybe tighten up the climax a little bit? Sure, I'm okay with the hour and fifty minutes, but because I like the fact that the movie is willing to take some moments, like it's not afraid to take a moment of silence. Yeah, like there's this moment where the Dennis character is like approaching a, a pretty girl in a library. Yeah, and they just kind of take their time with it, and it kind of feels like. If you were in school and somebody's trying to do that, you yeah, know? Um, it's not overly cinematic, yeah, and they're willing to take that time with it, which I thought was cool. See, now I would say it's an hour and fifty minutes, and there's a lot of shit they could have cut like that and put in other stuff, like Arnie maybe doing that, because later we see. I mean, I guess the reveal for it is fine because it's you know during that there's a football game and Dennis is like running a route and he sees Arnie show up and he's with that girl and he kisses her and he gets fucking tackled and is in the hospital now <laughs> nearly the rest of the movie. But we never see that transition of Arnie. I would have liked to have seen him gaining the confidence and maybe becoming that person. But it's mainly like I'm a nerd. Now I just show up and I'm cool. Okay. And, and he's the main character. And I, okay. I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Is he the main character? Yeah. Well, good question. Good question. Because there's a lot more of Dennis, I feel, than Arnie. That's a, that's a really nice bit of insight. And if I had to come have a comeback for that, it's that I think it's, whether it comes across this way to you or not, I think what they were maybe going for was a balance. Because as when the movie or when the movie, yeah, literally when the movie starts, Arnie is just hapless. I mean, he is a, a, a clumsy and, you know, the glasses and the in short and like the typical just nerd, all the nerd characteristics. And Dennis has like the magic touch. He's like the Fonzie. He's like, he yeah. plays on the football team. But as the punches movie goes the locker on, and opens it up. I like, love that. That scene like so great. <laughs> <laughs> then he closes Arnie, it again and yeah. he's like, oh shit, he tries punching it. It's so good. Like that's what I'm saying. Some of the, some of the beats in this movie feel a little bit more modern. Than yeah. Like I'll agree with that. Just cool. 
But what you get is as Arnie grows stronger, Dennis grows weaker. Okay. So I think that that's what you're seeing is kind of like they're trying to balance that. Now, whether or not they achieved it or not yeah. is, is for up for question. But that's a that's a very interesting point that you make because you're right. There's a lot of Dennis in this movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I like that that comparison though. Um, I think that what you're saying about that gradual that what you would have wanted to see more of a a stages transition in Arnie. It's there, but I, I to, I'm not going to disagree with you because where we see it is just sort of subtle. Like he, um, he'll talk back to his parents a little bit before he really starts talking back yeah. to them. And then, but also even when, um, after he buys Christine and Christine is a piece of shit and he takes it to this do it yourself garage to work on Christine Darnell, who owns the garage, it was fantastic. Um, he will kind of like, he gets a little bit more. He stands up for himself more like Darnell actually kind of softens a little bit on yeah. him. And, Offers but, him a job. <laughs> and then, but Arnie's kind of like, like, I'll think about it. You yeah. Know, where you would, where the old Arnie would have been like, absolutely, sir. I'll do whatever you want. You yeah. Know? So it's, um, I see what you're saying, but I do. But it's think- like, we've already gotten there. That's the thing. Like, okay. you know, we, we just hear about, oh, he, loves the like he's obsessed with the car he loves the car i would have liked to have seen him establishing his relationship with the car okay because that seems to be what it's about i see what you mean because if arnie probably goes in what i'll what i would say is three stages so there's nerdy arnie there's arnie gaining confidence with christine and then there's psychopathic arnie at the end and i think that i see what you're saying like we see more of that jump from confident to psychopathic than we do nerdy to confident. Yes. So that I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Which phase two to three is not too much of a jump. I no. Mean, it, he's right. already just kind of aggressive. Now he's just wearing black eye makeup. <laughs> you know, what's what's interesting, though, is that, like, um, I will say, even if you wanted... Uh, even if you wanted more of that transition, um, Arnie is... He's he's so good. Keith Gordon is so good in this because I think I, I know where you're coming from, because I think where you're coming from is is what I'm hoping is maybe more of a place of I'm not saying it was bad. You're saying that it was good. You just wanted more of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because when Arnie is being confronted by uh, Buddy, the the bully of the school. Yeah. Who rules? Who does rule? And it's fucking hot. like that's what i love where i'm like oh okay they're establishing like dennis is like the jock the popular guy like the girls love him and then they'll introduce someone else and be like he's a fucking mongrel compared to this guy (laughs) buddy is a 1971 plymouth barracuda like he's tough but he's sort of like slick and and creepy but yeah he's he's like a this really attractive guy that has this like it's got a nice screen Fucking presence. arms are like, yeah, Jesus Christ. It's that same. When do you start lifting weights where it's 17? <laughs> that's what your arms look like. Right, right. Yeah, it's that sort of lean physique that you and I are such a big fan of. Like yeah. That, that sort of uh, Scott Glenn or like, um, what's his name from, um, uh, from Pumpkinhead? 
Oh, uh, yeah, Lance yeah. Hendricks. That's sort of like I just do physical labor. That's where I get my muscles. I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not a pussy that goes to the gym and lifts weights. These <laughs> right. come from like work. Those people are the worst. <laughs> but, sorry. <laughs> uh, but but Arnie in that scene where he's being like the bullies have him surrounded in the auto shop. Um, Dennis, who this is. This is what makes the character of Dennis so neat is that he's a guy that could have left Arnie in the dust long ago. Yeah. But you get the impression that they've been friends for a very long time, probably since childhood. He maybe took off a little bit. Arnie didn't. But he just can't let him go. Right. You know, I really love that relationship. But um, so he goes to save Arnie. Like he, he gets wind of the fact that Arnie's being bullied down there. And Arnie looks... It's that look of like humiliation and sadness, and he plays it very, very well. Yeah. Even when he has to admit to the teacher that, yes, Buddy did have a, a knife on him or pulled a knife on him, like his delivery is really, really uh, precious. It's yeah. really tender. Um, and I, I just, I was just really taken with him in this. I really was. Yeah. Now, um, I love or hate, I don't know how I feel about it. It kind of bugs me where the other bullies, are all people where I'm like, why are they not being bullied? <laughs> like they all look like dumpy, dopey pieces of shit. Probably just because they're just subservient. I know? mean, I, yeah, I would figure that. But how about in that scene, speaking of those other bullies, look, there's all kinds of ways that you can subdue somebody physically. Yeah. Somebody gives the most sensual cock and balls oh grab. God, he just grabs. I've ever seen. Like all you got to do is grab him around the throat, put him in a little, you know, like half Nelson or whatever. And uh, but he just reaches down and like really gets a handful, like he's been dying to. <laughs> right? Yeah. And like, uh, is that and, something people did before? Like I, uh... I've never seen that move <laughs> like that. Like it, like it was, you know, anything other than sexual. Yeah. But, um, I mean, is that a gotcha? Like, ha gotcha. I, I, Grabbed I your dick for five minutes. I mean, I'm not saying. <laughs> Loser, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not saying you're going to be a little turned on by it, but you might be. Right. Like, <laughs> he really just gives a nice full, like, cupping of, uh, he gets all, he gets the balls and Now that and guy, the fat guy. Yeah. Uh. Did you see his first ever acting role? I don't remember what it was for. He was nominated for like a Golden Globe what? or like an Emmy. Yeah. No. That guy. Yes. Because he wasn't great. No, in this he's movie. not great. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, he fits the character. This taller, red haired guy. He looked familiar. I couldn't place him. Uh, Friday one. Yes. No, yeah. two. No, Friday two. Friday two. two. You're right. Yes. Friday two. Uh, and then the fourth guy, I was like. I know this guy. Who is this guy? With yeah, he's got kind of a froey hair. The mushroom head. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until he gave one look and I was like, oh, I know who that guy is. And most people our age, much like crazy drug drivers that I did last week, <laughs> everyone will know him from this line. I don't know. Just a couple of wavy lines. He's the guy in the beginning of Ghostbusters. Oh, shit. <laughs> Getting really? the, yeah, the ESP test. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, God, I didn't, I did not know that. I wouldn't have figured that those guys went on to anything. But, right. I mean, not that it was much, but. Well, yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think they did. Um, <laughs> so one guy started strong. Yes. <laughs> now, what's funny is like the, uh, the sort of quick introduction that we get, this is something I thought was kind of neat. When, <clears throat> when we first see Christine, it's, it's after this altercation and. Arnie is, um, you know, he's he's down on himself. He's still trying to maintain that sense of humor that carries him through his tough times. 
but they drive past this, you know, kind of shitty house in the sticks, you know, overgrown. And that's when he spots Christine just sort of sitting there rotting away in the, in the driveway. And, um, it's, it's played well because his friend is kind of like, dude, what the fuck are you like? What are you even seeing here? Yeah. And I, I even like that reveal just, uh, camera wise. Cause we, you know, we're just like on the hood of the car watching them drive. And he's like, Oh my God, back up. Yeah. And so he starts backing up and now we get, a shot from like the po- the point of view from inside the car and it's all weeds and shit. And the car is slowly revealed, but I even felt myself like kind of craning, like what are, they, oh, what are they looking at? I mean, I knew what they were looking at, but right. But it's like a very nice slow reveal to just a hunk of garbage. Right. Right. And it's, and what's funny too, is that Arnie is just, it's like a really nice balance of Dennis realizing that he's just, has no idea what, what Arnie's even thinking. And Arnie is just instantly in love so much so that it, it, even when I, when I rewatched it again this morning, I was trying to spot, like if there was something, I don't, I don't want to say supernatural, but if there was something that was like, like a spell or right. something like, like what is that click? But it, I, I don't, I think it's just more natural than that. He yeah. just, he's just feeling something maybe you could say that knowing what we know now that Christine is supernatural in and of herself, maybe she senses when somebody could need her, like, like somebody who is overbearing and seeks out somebody who is subservient. Yeah. Like that's reading into it. It's probably unnecessary, but, but it is interesting. And then Arnie has the world's worst negotiating skills of oh all time. God. <laughs> like, literally says how much and then whatever you say it's not enough like the, yeah, yeah literally like i want you to say more than whatever you're thinking right now now well and then he like they knock it down the guy says 300 and he knocks it down to 250 and so then he's like well i'll go get the pink slip for it and he's coming back out and arnie's like you said 300 <laughs> george right, is literally. like dude you're right right <laughs> now um i'm only going to do this once i am going to go to the bathroom one time but i'm going to leave you with something because we're right in the perfect moment for uh-huh. walk me through because I I'm, I'm literally asking this, not just for fun, for my own personal knowledge. <laughs> You're walk, not even going to hear it. Walk me. Th- I'll, I'll listen to it. Trust me. I listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> walk me through what would have been your first cars leading up into like the cars that you've owned or that were like what cars that I own. Yeah. You personally. Oh, okay. Well, I had a, I mean, I didn't personally have it, but we had a minivan, a Dodge Caravan that I was allowed to drive around. Uh, that was nice. You could take the seats out in the back. Um, you could fit a lot of friends in it. So I drove a lot. Then uh, after the Caravan, uh, my parents bought a Dodge Intrepid that I drove around. And then for my birthday one year... They gave me that car. So I had a Dodge Intrepid. Then I think the Intrepid I sold uh, to get the station wagon that I had for a while. And then from that point on, I've just kind of really always... Then I was married, so I would always kind of defer, get Nancy the newer car, and I would take her old car. So I think I then went from the station wagon to driving a Ford Contour, got her a Saturn. Then 
I started driving the Saturn when she got a Prius. Uh, oh, the Saturn. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Saturn was a good car. I don't know why they stopped making those. What did you pay for the uh, the station wagon? A uh, thousand. And who did you buy it from? Some lady. I didn't know. Were you looking for a station wagon? No, it was just some guy I worked with was like, this lady's selling this car. And I, it was, uh, it was, I was like, I have to have that car. That was a full on grocery getter. Like it yes. was like quintessential eighties. Oh, it was awesome. It was pretty fucking bad. We fit. So one night we, our friend John lived, used to live uh, like four blocks away from here. He was like, time in his life he's just like renting a back porch from someone, I remember someone. That. but we went to go pick they didn't him have up. any electricity in that house remember that no oh i didn't know that hey never filled me in on that yeah. part Jeez, oh pete all right a real bad time in his life then <laughs> yeah uh but i just remember like having to drive five miles an hour because it was just bottomed out like how many was, people uh i mean we had you know eight 25 year olds <laughs> <That's> <laughs> in, this, awesome. in this car or it was, well, it was about almost about 30 yeah because i was living here so yeah i don't yeah. know uh that car rolled but yeah i mean it's not been i've never really had a favorite i mean the station wagon oh yeah easily okay. my favorite car okay okay it's a, oh, i have a picture of it hanging in my house i mean that's how much oh i'd love to see that because it, it's been forever since i've seen it oh okay yeah well, it's right at the I don't top think of I the ever, stairs. I never rode in that one either. We had that stretch of time where we didn't hang out. Yeah. And yeah. I missed so the golden many years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're on the right path. Um, so, yeah, he gets. No, this way. I did. I had a weird stretch where I didn't see a lot of my close friends from high school that I also now exclusively hang out with. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're just taking a breather. Yeah. You knew that it was I had to meet be, a girl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You guys would have fucked that up for me. Right, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> you can always trade it in for a different model. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Sweet Nan. God, I just told her this morning. Step. I woke up and I looked at her. I was like, you look so cute right now. She's like, stop it. Aww. We're so good together. That was this morning? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, it's adorable. Yeah. No, I would you guys never, never trade together. her in. I mean, I'm waiting for her to kick it. So I can, right. But yeah. I would yeah. never you voluntarily just like get rid of her. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cry. I'm sure I'll cry. Yeah, give it time. Give it time. Um, but uh, the, he buys the car for two hundred fifty bucks. This is fucking crazy. Like they, even, I'm sure that somebody researched this. I'm not going to try to deny it. Even if the movie, it, which it is, set in '78, I still have a hard time believing that two hundred fifty bucks would buy you a car. When we were yeah. younger, you, if you wanted something that drove, that I mean, actually started and drove. I mean, you're looking at it, at least maybe there were cars for five six seven hundred bucks but really you you paid more like fifteen hundred to two thousand yeah for like a one that you could halfway rely on but um but yeah this uh it's it it's here where we start to get a little bit of that evolution like arnie gets the car he goes home to his parents house it's sitting out in the driveway his parents are just not having it by the way his mom uh played by the actress who played Steve Sanders' mom on 90210, uh, Samantha Sanders. And uh, so they just aren't having it. Arnie is pissed. And I feel like at this point, Christine is already empowering him. Yeah. Um, maybe not completely yet where he's calling his dad a motherfucker and choking him. Um, but I mean, he's certainly like feeling stronger than he ever has. And poor Dennis. 
just standing there drinking a glass of milk, just caught in the middle. <laughs> and his mom like calls on Dennis, like, how, you know, you let him do this. And it's right. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just Dennis. Um, I open lockers. It's not like football. I'm his parents. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but then and he did try. Right, he did. <laughs> um, so then we get to the fact that, you know, Arnie isn't going to be able to keep the car at his house. He says, fine. He takes it to. Darnell's garage, which it makes me wonder if I'm sure they do. Like if these garages exist, just like a rent out garage to work on your car. I don't know. I've never seen one. No, but because, yeah, that did. I was like, oh, do it yourself, which does kind of bring up the question. Is this a a ship of Theseus uh, scenario? Because he's, you know, restoring the car, replacing a lot of the car with shit in this junkyard. Interesting. To the point where the owner is like, you're using too much of my shit. Yeah, because it just it begs the question, what is the heart of Christine? Yeah. And why did Christine let herself get into such disrepair? As we learn later, she could just repair herself. Yes. Paint job and all shattered glass, anything. You shouldn't have worn that dress. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Right. Like that's. Like, but she does though. Like, that's what's weird is that I never thought about that before. That, that, um, how much of Christine is really Christine by the time she becomes the Christine that we know? Right. That's interesting. Must be. Was the- she that Christine before? Maybe there were more evil parts. <laughs> right. Christine was fine. Yeah. It was the fucking parts. Right. Yeah. She's the sum of her parts. But, um, but no, that's, uh, we get it. We get a nice scene though when, after Arnie is, you know, putting in the work and I, it, we get a really nice scene between Darnell and one of the other guys at the shop where they're talking about like, hey, this kid's kind of a fuck up. But, you know, like he really loves this car. He's doing a great job, yeah. you know, and I love the fact that they point out like he, he's just doing it ass backwards. Like who puts a brand new pair of, you know, windshield wipers on a busted uh, windshield, <laughs> you know, but it, like they can tell like he's trying and it's right. a really endearing kind of scene. And uh, it's it's cute. See, those are the things that keep me from doing anything because I'm like, I know I would do that and then get pissed off and scrap the project. So why even start it? (laughs) You know, it's funny that you say that It, it makes me think about and I'm not saying that this doesn't exist now, but it's like in this day and age, like somebody having just the gumption to like do a project like that. You don't see that a whole lot. No. Like my uncle, like, you know, um, you know, would tear down I mean, a perfectly operable pickup truck but just would tear it apart and rebuild it for no reason or like build his own guitar he could go buy one but he bought the pieces and he built it himself like you know my dad always with building models and being completely dumbfounded that i don't want to sit for hours and put tiny little pieces of plastic together and i just have no fucking patience you're not my son (laughs) right yeah i like i'm struggling with the multiplication tables i don't have time with this um but anyhow we get this really sweet scene where After Arnie is kind of getting, you know, uh, affected by Christine, um, he he kind of I I feel like this is sort of the middle ground when he's he's maybe still hanging on to a part of himself. But but the other part is taking over. And it's really sad. He says to Dennis, like, you know, why don't you find another charity case other than than me and and Christine? And, um, you know, they're. You know, and and Dennis is asking him, like, what is it about this car that you love so much? And he says, you know, I I think I finally found somebody uglier than me. (sighs) 
And um, and Dennis is like, you know, Arnie, you're not ugly. And and it's the saddest fucking thing. Arnie just says, I know what I am. Yeah. And it, and he just he's admits that. And it, well, yeah, <laughs> it's not. I think he's got his own thing, though. He's got his own like. I mean, he, he's not gracing the cover of GQ, but he's got his. He's so, he's got something. Um, Grace but the I cover mean, of G Wiz. <laughs> Or cheese whiz for that matter, but um, but anyway, um, cheese yeah. jizz. Che- yeah, I never had cheese whiz. I said cheese jizz. Oh, cheese jizz. Yes, I just well, yeah, I had to get it to that point. It, it is that good. I mean, I'll I'll say it. Um, that's what that's what they meant. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a wink, wink. But um, but yeah, like so so we get that that sort of um, that sad moment there where we know that this is just. A kid who's found something. And this is what's really tricky. Now, this just occurred to me as I was watching. Obsessions, you got you to gotta watch out for obsessions. Yeah. Because this is the tricky part. If you just obsess over like, uh, I, I don't know, some, some actor or actress that is halfway across the world, like that's really not going to culminate in much. But if sometimes obsessions will give back and that's where it gets really tricky. The easiest example would be like gambling. Yeah. So you can spend waste twenty thousand dollars of your savings, but that one time that you won ten thousand and it gave back to you. Yeah. That's what makes it dangerous. Oh, I gotta do that. Do that three more times. Right. Yeah. And and that you'll just live on that. Or like let's say you start working out and you know, you get a little fit and people are noticing, and then you're working out even more, you're gaining some confidence, maybe you're you're trying for some things that you wouldn't have normally tried for. Things seem to be going great in your life. And you're like, I got to get more cut. I've got to get more defined. I've got, you know, this is doing me so much good. And you're actually getting real benefit from it. But you feel like I, I have to keep going obsessively because look at all the good it's done me. Yeah. But that's that's where obsessions can get tricky because you, you just have to remember that there's n- – no one thing in your life. Right. You know, there's, there's always like people, <laughs> family, friends, but, but he, no one wants to hear it, especially when it becomes your personality. Yeah. And then every time I'm with you, I got to hear about you fucking with a workout you did and the gains. I don't have anyone like that. Thankfully right. in my life, this is not like some like <laughs> secret no, thing I against I, you. <laughs> you rarely talk about it, which is great. And you are not making any gains, so it's yeah, good too. Well, I mean, the strength is there. The strength is there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that it's just you know your obsession becomes everyone else's bane of their existence, right? And it's fine. There are different times of your life. Like if you're in if you're in high school and you are struggling to find yourself, and you find inspiration in other people, and you kind of use that as a platform to emulate and then therefore build yourself up and then hopefully the goal is to eventually find yourself beyond that that's okay yeah um but uh that can get a little out of hand too (laughs) um but um but the thing is uh you know we we get some we get some nice progression in this movie i it's subtle but what's really interesting about this movie this is kind of a side note it handles the progression of time nicely which is kind of interesting because it's just subtle like we have the first day of school. Yeah. That's documented. We have Thanksgiving. That's documented. We have New Year's Eve. That's documented. So yeah. like without like a lot of changing of the seasons, because there's none from what we can tell. <laughs> well, it's um, California. Well, right. So <laughs> he finally um, just got to be like, we're in California. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> right. Right. 
Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's no other way to spin it. But I mean, I think it's nice that they're like we don't feel bogged down by the progression of time, but I think they're signaling it just as much as they need to, which is a great thing that this movie does in general. You and I have complained a lot of times about how movies like things just happen too conveniently. Yeah. And and that they're all it might have taken is like one line to set something up to have it make more sense. There's a scene where Arnie's at the uh, the drive-in with his girlfriend, Lee, and um, she is being choked by Christine. Arnie's outside of the car. Yeah. She's choking on something. Interesting fact, that actress is a vegetarian, and the prop was a hamburger. Oh. So in order to get around that, all she did was she was, like, pushing the burger further into the bun <laughs> so that she was just eating the bun. Like, that's how she <laughs> faked it. But either way, she starts choking. But if you notice... Earlier on, when they're having a little bit of a lover's tiff or whatever, the car next to them is noticing it. Like yeah. The, the guy is noticing yes. it. Yes. So that when she's choking, the guy that like pulls her out of the car and gives her the sexual Heimlich maneuver, um, like that is, it, it's not just out of nowhere. Like, where did this dude come right. from? Right. You know? Yeah. They, they do a nice job of setting that up. Yeah. Even the guy he, next to them going, how in the fuck did this guy. <laughs> right. Right. Get the hottest girl I've seen in five years. <laughs> right, exactly. He's like, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Honey? Um, but uh, <laughs> honey, you're not watching the movie. I know. Yeah. What, just whatever comes up next. Just don't read into it. Now, I'm what just... kind of powers does Christine have? Because how does she make the girl choke? Because mm. well, also the the it's uh, said the previous owner's daughter choked while mm-hmm. in the car. So and. At the very beginning of the movie, a guy, for whatever reason, gets in a brand new car, smoking a cigar, you asshole. Just don't do that, period. Right. Don't even do that today. No. Let alone in the 70s or 80s when it was fine. Um, He just dies in the car. We don't know how. Yeah, correct. Uh, So she has some sort of power to choke you. I mean... Maybe it's her thing. I think I know what you're saying, because like if you rewind back to because why have to run over anyone if you can just fucking force choke them? Well, sure. Yeah. It's basically like you're just wasting your Darth Vader powers. Exactly. Yeah. Because like, why don't you just do that? Like Darth Vader didn't get into his ship until the very last. Like, I have no other options. <laughs> now I got to go fly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and and the thing is, yeah, like um, I think that. Okay, so we we certainly know that the triggers for it are the, the triggers of any jealous person. You know, yeah. like that they do a nice job of saying like we see things happen that Christine is reacting to. It's not just random. But I know what you're saying because if you rewind back to um Trick or Treat, the uh, 1986 Trick or Treat that we covered, the girl that gets fingered by the ghost in the back seat of the car, um we actually see the like Sammy Kerr sort of spirit right. in some animation. We we physically see it diddling. Yeah. You know, so that's thank you for demonstrating yeah, I, that. Right, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till we do video. Um, but, uh, anyhow, um, but I see what you're saying. It's like she seems to have whatever power she needs. Like it's one thing. I know exactly where you're coming from. It's one thing when when Darnell is killed by the seat moving forward. Yes. That's a mechanical operation. Yes. So something happening like that is more believable than like 
how did this, how did they make that girl start choking on this? Right. Cause, here, cause the thing with this movie and I was thinking about it, I'm like, God, I do like, I do remember this movie like coming out when I was a kid and like my mom telling me about it. Cause I was like, you know, just kind of curious. She's like, Oh, it's this book. And it's about a car, uh, like a car that's possessed or a killer car or whatever. And even at age seven or whatever, I was still like, that seems pretty limiting. Yeah. <laughs> like I could get away from a car. No, you're right. You're <laughs> but, right. Like, and especially, I mean, we've got a Prometheus problem. I know you haven't seen Prometheus, but one of the big issues in that movie is a ship crashes. It's a big circular ship and it's rolling towards these people and they just keep running in a straight line instead of just turning right or left and getting out of the way of the ship and they get crushed by it. Here's another. Get out of the road. Right. <laughs> get right. out of the road. Like our the fat guy leaps over like a barrier to escape Christine. You don't got to run anymore. You can just keep hopping over that fucking barrier. You make a great point. And I think, uh, and I'm I'm not going to overly defend it because you're right. But I do think, I feel like maybe they sort of knew that they had to tackle that a little bit. Because they do put Christine in some some tough situations. Like when she does kill the fat kid, the, the cock and balls driver. Yeah. He's got himself into a narrow, like, loading dock. Right. So it's like, well, she can't fit in here, but she's like, I'll show you I can fit yeah, in here. And that that I like. And then she's kind of inch. It's a badass scene. Yeah. Like, because she can forward. repair herself. Right. But he's still putting himself in a scenario where he's in front of the car. And and the, the most egregious case of that, which is probably the biggest miss in this movie. And I, I absolutely adore ninety nine point nine percent of this movie. The biggest miss on that is what should be probably one of our most it should be like as far as audience um, revenge should be our biggest kill. And that's Buddy. Yeah. But she's now don't get me wrong. She looks fucking badass rolling down the road all in flames like that is cool. Yeah. They find a way to make this car that isn't really naturally sinister looking like they make her scary yeah. eventually. And she's rolling down the road. She's all in, fully on fire. The driver, the stunt driver actually had to have oxygen because the, the fire was pulling all the oxygen out of sure. the inside of the car. So, but the next thing we know, there's a quick cut to just like, <laughs> like just Christine rolling over buddy. Yeah. And he's just on fire himself, <laughs> right. but it's the most like anticlimactic. Like there's no like smash. There's no impact. Yeah. And so that was kind of like, mm, you know, and you kind of want Arnold to be a part of that one. Right. That's a great point is that, and also nothing happens to, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you make a good point because it's like, and and maybe they're doing it right, but that it's, I, I don't think the movie ever wants you to hate Arnie. Yeah. I don't think the movie ever wants you to think that Arnie, the, that, that he would be doing this in any other realm other than being possessed by Christine. Yeah. So they've got to have some of the kills happen with just Christine getting out there and, and handling business. Sure. It's kind of well, like, yeah, but you can do that with the other guys. The main guy though. Yeah. I want him. You're and right. I'm surprised there's no scene. Maybe there's something in the book, but to have the parents be such a point of kind of just being a thorn in his side yeah. to have Christine never do anything like at least to the mom to yeah. where then Arnie has to almost decide, Oh shit. Do I try and distance myself from this car or am I going to fully embrace it now? That's a great, that would have been a great moment. That is an excellent point. We'll look it up. I could swear if I'm not just remembering it just for you know, making it up. 
I think you're so right that there, I think the parents, at least There's one of them be. does die. I yeah. think so. Um, but uh, one of the things that I noticed is that one of the characters' names is uh, Bemis, which is a brand of toilet. Uh, so that was interesting. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, we definitely get to the point where where Arnie has, has certainly grown a pair. And um, even if there are those moments where Christine is acting out on her own, Arnie has certainly, there's really no reason for him to not be there because he goes crazy. Yeah. By the time that he picks up Dennis for New Year's, um, he is out of his mind. Yeah. And it's kind of fun to see, you know, like I think, uh, I think the actor does a good job with it. Um, I mean, some might say it's over the top, but it kind of has to be like, he has to be definitively crazy now. Yeah. And, um, I, I don't know. I think that's... Uh, I mean, it's so crazy. He goes back to the garage, covers the car in garbage, and then gets in it and well, sits and waits. I'll give you that. <laughs> I will give you that. There, Because if, if I was shocked to see him in that car. Because I'll get it. Like, if Christine does that on her own, that's fine. And I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, for I, him I, to also be in the car, sitting there waiting, like, knowing... They are his friends who he's not talked to at all about any of this or was like really suspicious. That they're going to try and like do any, destroy Christine or anything. Right. The only thing and you're I, I felt the exact same way. The only thing I could say is, is that when Christine went to take down the other bullies or a.k.a. shitters. Um, <laughs> Thank you. When, yeah. Which is, Stephen King just loves to invent his own shit. He like does. it's been around for forever. Yeah. But none of us say that. Um, <laughs> but when Christine is doing that, she's doing it on her own. You could maybe say that Arnie was involved because Dennis, when they're putting, when Dennis and Lee, who that romance is blossoming, um, it's, well, you know, well, that's going to go that should way. Be, yeah. And so, when they plan and when they both realize like, Hey, we both know that what we're saying is fucked up, but it's the car. They admit that to each other. So they know that they have to take down the car. They know they have to, to destroy Christine. Dennis does etch into the car, like Darnell's tonight. So it's something that Arnie would have come out and seen. Oh, so he, he would have, when, when Christine was doing the other stuff, she was just kind of doing that on her own. This okay. was a visual thing. I don't remember. That, I'm going to be honest. I might have nodded off for a couple minutes at the end <laughs> of this okay. movie. I did it the first time that I watched it for this. And then the second time I was just glued to it. I had like, I, for some reason, I felt like I had mono yesterday. I could not stay away. Like I had more Diet Cokes yesterday than I've had <laughs> in like a month. And I still was just like, I got like, I'm like, I knew I'm like, I have to start this movie at like nine or I'll never make it through it. Yeah. that. But I, I did not sleep. Like a good chunk. Yeah. I might have just like for a moment been like, oh, sit up. I got to sit up. Kind of like when you're driving down the road and you're like, holy yes, it was shit, one what of those, happened yes. in the last 45 seconds? Because <laughs> yeah. I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, there, uh, Arnie does do, I mean, there, there is some, some neat creepiness along the way, even before we get to that. He's got, there was this one line that I wrote it down because I was wondering what he meant by it. I think I know. But he goes to visit um, Dennis because Dennis was distracted in the football game and hit and injured. And he spends a, a decent amount of the movie in uh, the hospital recovering from his injuries, which Christine caused that injury. Like she was there at the football game. True. She caused the hit. So Arnie is about to leave the room for Thanksgiving. And he says, have you ever, have you ever realized that part of being a parent is trying to kill your kids? 
I thought that was a really interesting line. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> so I, true too. <laughs> Yeah, when? yeah, I did not so, understand that. Right, seems to be the opposite. Don't of... need to be investigated. <laughs> um, no, but I, if I had to take a wild guess, I think that he's what he's probably alluding to. They could have bridged this a little bit more. Maybe there were some scenes that were taken out, but um, I think that it's kind of like maybe saying that your parents' job is to suppress what might be some of your strongest passions. Oh, gotcha. In the, in the way. And, but I mean, maybe what he's admitting there, and this is where I, I, I took it to is that maybe Arnie was before he met Christine, maybe he was more at the end of his rope than he let on. Okay. And that, you know, like them trying to prevent me from this is them trying to kill me. Cause I would have off myself or whatever. Yeah. It's a, a bit of an assumption, but, but I, I just thought that was a really eerie line. And so did Dennis. Yeah. He's like, what the <laughs> fuck happened to my friend? But, um, but yeah, so, uh, the, the score in this, did you pick up on any of the score? Yeah. I liked it there. I love here. There is one part that is, and I, I wanted to remember it so I could hum it, but there's a part that is so big trouble in little China. And it's I can't remember exactly what it is, but um, but it's this nice progression of notes, really similar. But there's a lot of moments of that, like um, it's almost just like a, it's not even note; it's just like a sound sustained, like uh, you know, like it's it's not music necessarily happening, but uh-huh. it's sound. But it's like um, you know, there are times where. And it's usually like maybe a quiet moment between Arnie and Christine, which that's uh that's really something when when he discovers that Christine has been demolished by the the shitters. Yeah. And you, you really feel it. Like he he's pretty sympathetic in that moment. Yeah. Even though he's gone crazy, like he's just reacting to it like I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like he's heartbroken. Yeah. Um, so that's all cool. Now Everything that we've been talking about, you're like, okay, we got all these the supporting cast, we got these great actors, we got this this fun movie. We don't need anything else. Well, you're gonna get it. Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> yeah. Just waltzes in there for a nice little Harry Dean Stanton. Kind yeah, of role. in a part that's not necessary. No. <laughs> at all for the movie. It, it's of no consequence. <laughs> no. Like nothing ever comes of it. <laughs> right. Other than maybe somebody being like, look, somebody's got to be drawing the connection between these murders and this kid. Right. So, and it's Harry Dean Stanton just doing what Harry Dean Stanton does. And if he, if he doesn't play drunk, which is about 85% of the time, <laughs> then he does do a lot of the like, suit still kind of looks ill fitting. Even in this, like he just doesn't ever look well. Does no, he? He, no. just, he looks like he needs to go to the hospital for a month. <laughs> like just pump him some full, some fluids, get some food in him, like dry him out a little bit. Yeah. He's this revered guy in Hollywood. Everybody loves him. Like, I mean, he's he's just this awesome character actor that I, I think it's probably his genuineness, I guess, that that comes across on screen. Yeah. You know, um, awesome guy. But uh, but yeah, good this, performance. I mean, oh, yeah. For as benign as the part is, it's it's that great part of we see it in. Oh, he's brothers in arms with Willem Dafoe in American Psycho. The cop that yes. sort of knows but isn't saying too much. He's yeah. putting it all together. Yeah. Like it's that same vibe, which is fun. Yeah. 
it's, he like laid the groundwork for Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Because he's more, you're more in that movie. Like, does this fucking guy, <laughs> is he toying with him? <laughs> right. It's so good. Um, and then we get, uh, we get Arnie really, there's one scene I know it's kind of reminds me of the locker scene where Arnie is at the, the garage. He, it's almost feels as if there's like a moment where he connects with himself for a second and he wants to reach out to, to Lee and he calls her and, and he's just like, you know, I want to, I want to see you. I want you to come down here. I want to talk to you. And she's like, I don't know. And he's just like, yes or no, you know? Yeah. And then he just yells, Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> and he throws the phone down, slams it down, and then just picks it back up yeah. again. Like, Lee, Lee, like, <laughs> A, you hung up the phone. B, she probably doesn't want to talk to you anymore. But it's it's kind of a funny moment. Um, but yeah, we... Uh, hmm. the, the lost art of angrily slamming the phone down. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, you're right. Yeah. Can't there make isn't a statement any, anymore. No. No, yeah, or just which like, has been parodied in movies where someone gets mad and then does like the I'm gonna eh, press the button that ends my call, or just doing the reverse like pirouette and spinning yourself out of the phone cord that you've <laughs> right. wrapped all the way around <laughs> yeah, yourself. Yes. <laughs> you don't see that anymore. Um, but no, the the whole um, the scene where where Christine is out there and and going after the the bad guys and everything it's it's. It's not perfect, but but we get a gas station scene that's pretty cool. What's kind of awesome is that, you know, the Christina's chasing Buddy in his 68 Camaro, uh, also another great car. And they pull into a gas station and Buddy gets out and he kind of says something like, I hope you pull in here. And Christina's like, oh, fuck, yeah, I will. <laughs> and pulls right in and just slams right into the side of his car like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, it is almost funny. And uh, we get some nice explosions, some nice uh, some nice fire. And, um, and then, you know, eventually we get to the end where what we were talking about before, where uh, Lee and Dennis have now, like, lured Arnie. And Christine to the to the garage and <laughs> Christine gets these like teeth marks like in her yes. hood, like it looks like shark teeth. You yeah. know, I'm OK with it. It's I mean, fine. It's, yeah. it's, it, we're, we're at that point already. But um, that section of the movie is the one where I feel like because there's a lot of setup. There's like Dennis and Lee kind of speaking to what you were saying earlier, where you're like, who's this movie about? <laughs> right. But it's like. You know, we're, we're having to, like, deal with Dennis's injury, you know, which just <laughs> slows down, like, the whole operation. Um, but it, it um, we get a, a lot of buildup there, which I think normally most people would have cut to Arnie being there and just get on with it. But it's all right. It's it's fun. And, um, and then when Christine is ultimately crushed by the, the bulldozer that they have. Arnie does die in the middle. Now, that's a question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. It's one thing that bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Christine is so protective of Arnie to right. the point where he is at one point driving with uh, his hands off the steering wheel and she's literally steering the car. Yeah. She can also choke people with her thoughts. <laughs> right. So if she's going to go after Lee. And the result of the accident is Arnie flying through the windshield and being impaled by a piece of glass. Does that seem like something Christine would no, do? No, I know. And that's kind of an issue I have as well, where I'm like, why would she sacrifice him so unceremoniously as well? 
And why why did he not fly through the windshield the other six times they crashed into something in that scene? Good point. Good point. Uh, but yeah, he comes sailing out of that. Uh, this is before seatbelts. Oppress- the-, the oppressive seatbelt <laughs> laws were put into place. Yeah, and back then, even when they were introduced, it was just something to open your beer bottle with. <laughs> right. But, uh, <laughs> but um, so the one thing about that that I will say, though, now that I think this is awesome and ballsy. Nine out of ten other movies would have had Arnie get killed like this. Arnie somehow, like, sees Lee, feels the love in his heart, does the Darth Vader, I'm going to pick up the Emperor and throw sure. him down. They all would have done that, and then maybe Arnie would have stood in front of her or pushed her out of the way, and then he gets hit. Right. Okay. So that it's all inadvertent. But I love that they don't do that because what you ultimately get is no no real redemption. Yeah. When Arnie is killed and he pulls the glass out of himself, he's still reaching up to touch Christine like he never comes out of it. Right. He's still like just obsessed to the point that it – and maybe that's the thing, like that it – his obsession has to kill him. Right. So how, how are we going to. Yeah. And yeah. And that I'm OK. with. Yeah. But I. I but, but it's it, the way it kills him where it's is just a, a weird accident. Yeah. And and yeah, maybe it's just something where maybe it's the fact that it's going after Lee, which she sees Lee as being the only thing that could really come yeah. between them. I mean, maybe Christine's got her own obsession with revenge and act you know i guess maybe that's it it's and she accidentally kills him through it oh i like it's not explained very well i like that i like that yes no that's cool um no i i I like that idea and then you know at the end of course we get john carpenter having a little fun We get to the junkyard. The thing has been even more demolished than it was by the bulldozer, basically compacted into what's like a, a three foot by three yeah, foot square. You're a cartoon car <laughs> right. brick. And it's so funny that like we start to hear that 50s music, but it's just a worker like walking by with his boom box. Right. But we do get a little bit of that metal like moving at the end. With yeah. The close up. And it's- yeah, they must not know the car can repair itself. <laughs> right. Because why would you crush it? Either melt it or dismantle it and scatter the pieces as far as you can. Bury them. I don't know. What what's what how do you stop a car that can repair itself? That's a great question. Um no, you'd you'd have to melt well, like the Terminator. You'd have to melt it. But what's to say it can't reconstitute itself? And how and how much of itself does it need to work off of? Exactly. Like just the lock on the, the door? <laughs> right. Like is it enough to rebuild itself? Who knows? Who knows? That's that's a good question. I mean, it's in a junkyard full of parts. Right. It's already repaired itself <laughs> with, apparently. Right, right. Um, yeah, it just, so this movie's a piece of shit. It just repairs itself with like a bird cage and like a trampoline. <laughs> I'd love like, to see that. <laughs> What is that? It's Christine. What? Yeah. <laughs> like a fridge door. It's, just, it's as a trunk. It's actually just the barricade from Les Mis just <laughs> driving down the road, like just benches and tennis rackets. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah. That, uh, but Christine I, you know what? control what's on the radio or is it a coincidence? So what, what leads? Uh, all the lyrics are very specific to what's going on. Oh yeah. She's, she's clever. I mean, she is, yeah, clever. she's got a sense of humor. She does. And, and Lee makes mention of the fact that it's only old 
old songs that play on the radio. Right. So yeah, it's uh, that's just part of the powers. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's fine. And you know the the thing is is like it, it. I wondered about like the whole '50s thing in general, but with Stephen King, a lot of times you just you don't have to look much deeper than what's on the surface. And he came right out and said he's like. I grew up in the 50s. I was a kid in the 50s. Like yeah. that Can't was tell by how he writes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Character idiosyncrasies. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's that's why, you know, that's why he picked a 50s car and, you know, I don't I don't know if there's any symbolism in this other than like, you know, keep an eye on yourself when you get a new interest, yeah. you know. I remember in the 80s um my dad going over to like some friend's house and we hadn't seen them in a while. I think we moved to Valpo and then we went back to see them a couple of years later. And I was friends with their daughters, my sister and I, and they were friends. It was from church and we drove home and my dad was just like, God, he's like, he's like, all Jeff can do is talk about exercising. <laughs> and like, like he just, he had just lost his friend to this obsession <laughs> with health and because it was a weird thing at that. I mean, it was, we were talking like maybe 82, 83, 84. Uh-huh. So it was like jogging was just oh, yeah. becoming He's a like, big thing. You tried aerobics yet? Yeah. Oh yeah. Aerobics, <laughs> the Shackley diet with the shakes. Um, yeah. Your parents just turning into like literally starved, you know, best versions <laughs> yeah. of themselves. Um, but, a lot of Jane Fonda tapes. Yeah. Leg warmers. But yeah, that's the thing. You gotta, you gotta kind of look out for that a little bit. And, um, you know, just keep an eye on yourself. <laughs> buy buy the car you want because you're going to yeah. end up. You got to that that bill comes every single month, so get something that you like. Yeah, but you know, there's still more to life. Now that I'm thinking about it, too, I did for like a year when I was a kid. I was kind of obsessed with '57 Chevys. Sure. Which, if you're going to tell me there's a difference between that car and Christine, I'm going to call you a fucking liar because those are identical cars. I kept getting confused. I'm like, what? When I looked it up, I'm like, a Fury Coupe? What? Plymouth? What? How? It's a 57 Chevy. <laughs> right, right. Um, now, uh, they are different cars. Uh, they look entirely different. Um, but yeah, I, but I, I see what you're saying. My dad had a 55 um, that he like uh, in high school and he took all of the the trim off of it. Like he didn't want any of that, like the chrome thing down the, uh-huh. the doors. Like he wanted it to look like a, like a stock, like drag racing. Car. Wow. Yeah. And 55s are cool. They don't have the, it, this is where I, you, you know, I'll leave you in it because I, you probably like the fins. The 55 didn't really have the fins. It looked tougher. right. Yeah. That's what was but special the about the 57 like. yeah. Chevy that's in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right um it's a cool car i will i'll say i mean and you can if you're interested in the plymouth fury you can pick one up for anywhere between 20 and forty thousand in decent condition yeah um but yeah it was just you know stephen king picked it because it was the most like mundane car he could think of which to look at it now it's like what is mundane about that yeah vehicle? but at that's, the time that's the state of cars today yeah yeah that's where we're at but um no, I I think that for what you, it's it's exactly what you were talking about or what I was talking about um last week with They Live where I was hoping to have a movie that I hadn't seen or I'd only seen bits and pieces of and then I watch it and I'm like, "Oh shit, like there's that gem." And you even said it in the show too like when you, you know, you find like it's alive and you're like, "I 
I barely heard of this movie and now I love it, yeah. you know? So Christine for me was always just something that I sort of knew about, but I figured somehow because it was popular, it was going to be more tame. Yeah. It just wasn't my thing. But um, I really, really think that even beyond the, the story or the idea of a killer car, I, in everything that I said, opposite of the fog and, and even they live, I feel the carpenter craftsmanship so to speak, in in this movie that I didn't feel in those others. Sure, I feel the the slickness. I feel the. I mean, the this movie also had three times the budget of They Live. True, just insane. It's a good point. It's a great point. Um, Why did it, they only give him three million dollars for that movie? I don't know. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's like what do you got to do? It's not. Well, like, how do you prove yourself? It's not like my dinner with Andre, where we <laughs> right. just need like a table and a restaurant or whatever. Like we're <laughs> aliens have taken over the world. Three mil ought to do it. Um, yeah, no, it's. I, I agree with you there. It was stunted by that, but um, but no, this to me feels like I, I had kind of forgotten how Carpenter is. He's pretty cheeky in his movies. Like he likes to have a little fun. Yeah. He likes to, he's a bit of a showman, you know, and, uh, and I, and we get some of that, <laughs> some nice subtle humor in this, um, some extremely offensive, uh, quote unquote, uh, native, um, uh, what I want to say, uh, I can't even think of the word mascots, uh, at the football game. <laughs> But, oh, are there? God, yeah. I didn't even notice. <laughs> but it was a different time. <laughs> uh, but no, it's all in all, I think it's a real fun, enjoyable, good time. And this is especially if you don't like gore, what the hell gore is there in this? Uh, Yeah, there's nothing. Next to nothing. Yeah, is there blood? At all? Pulling, yeah, the glass at the end. pulling the glass out of them. Which right. Is, Maybe yeah. that's why that hits so hard because you're like, whoa. Yeah. Blood. Yeah. Covering my face. Like, oh, my God, I can't bear to look at, you know, like two ounces of blood on this guy's stomach. But um, no, next to no gore, no sex uh, explicitly. You get some kind of like adult language with like insults in high school, like jams yeah. and stuff like that. Um, there are two junk grabs. One, a guy grabbing a guy and then and then Lee grabbing Arnie in the car. That's as sexual as it oh, gets. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. No, you're right. And she's like, not in that car. Yeah. No. Can't do it. Right. 71 Barracuda, maybe. <laughs> Definitely. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not a 70, though. No, fuck no. Jesus. Garbage car. Yeah, absolutely. Garbage. You recommend this film? I do. Yeah, I, right. I recommend it highly. I think that a lot of people would. And look. I'm just, I'm not going to go off on a long tangent here, just real quick. This is probably a movie that a lot of people have seen a long time ago, or they've seen bits and pieces and they think that they've seen it all. Yeah. I highly recommend you revisit it. Like, I, I really think it holds up nicely. Look for it on um, Prime Video. Uh, it's got nice high definition, looks really great, nice and crispy. It moves well. Um, I, I go back and rewatch this if you've seen it before. Yeah. It helps if your girlfriend really likes the movie. This is true. And you want to impress her. And she does. <laughs> she does. She absolutely does. She Not that I'm implying it. that's why you liked this movie so much. That would be well, just petty it, of me it to was, do. It was certainly an inspiration. <laughs> and uh, But I will say that in addition to that wonderful inspiration, it all also is 
I mean, she's right. It's a, it's a fucking awesome movie. I think it's, it's great. It's to me, maybe not to you if, if it, you're not a car guy or whatever, but there's something strangely, I remember her saying like a, like a little hypnotic about it. Like it's one of those things where anytime that it's on, I just get, you get sucked into it. Yeah. Um, now you're drifting in and out of sleep. Doesn't really speak to that, but, um, during but, the climax, <laughs> Again, I was so tired yesterday. I don't know. And then, of course, could not fall asleep till one thirty. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> of course. But um, but no, it's uh, it, it really holds up. And I, I think I would be shocked if anybody was disappointed in it. I mean, it's fine if you say that it's not your yeah. favorite horror. I mean, movie. I'll, I'll recommend it, but it was, it was fine. Yeah, I guess worth a watch. Would I watch it again? Probably not. I'd like you to. <laughs> Great. I'd like you to. Well, they uh, show if they do a midnight showing at Music Box, we'll go. Right, right. <laughs> but um, I think it's I think it's better on a second viewing. I too was was drifting off a little bit the first time. Watched it again with some coffee and earlier in the morning. And yeah. So give it a shot. You mean two hours ago? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Literally just happened. That's what I was afraid of. I wouldn't be able to get up in time to watch it this morning. So I had to watch it last night because I totally forgot we were recording. I said something and Nancy's like, don't you have a movie to watch? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's I, I I'm glad that you resisted the urges to, uh, you know, to, to hate on it because of the. the <laughs> I would have yeah, never. Yeah, right. that was I was playing with that. It would have been fun, though. Yeah. Had well, this movie been a little worse, yeah, I probably would have played it up a lot more. But I, I did I, enjoy it. I would have fought hard to defend it. The, the performances great. are really good, especially from people I have not enjoyed in the past. Yeah. Like Keith Gordon. Um, but yeah, it's fine. Check it out. Check it out. It's Christine. Yeah. Sean Carpenter. It's a yeah. grandpa. Celebrate, celebrate his new status as a grandpa. Which I believe it's his first grandchild. I was trying to look that up because he only has for a wow. guy who seems to have uh, fucked everyone. He has one right. child. Yeah. Or that looks like a reanimated corpse. Yeah, like <laughs> absolutely. Like, I mean, you'd right. think he would have, you know, spit out a few more by now. But no, uh, we love you, John. Yeah. Um, all right. That was Christine from 1983. Please join us next week as we continue. I made a thing with 1982's of the thing. Oh, that's what they meant by. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's a thing. Uh, I'm excited. I fucking love that movie. I'm going to do just come out now. Like it's going to be a real stroke fest next week. <laughs> yes. I can already tell. What, have you seen the thing? Oh, dear. Oh, God. I swear <laughs> to God, if you are like, well, I watched the thing. <laughs> It was a thing. I'm gonna fucking kill you. I've I well here's the There's thing. There's no way you can watch that movie and just be like, eh, eh. I have never watched it in, in its entirety. It's got Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. But that's alone. all you need. Yeah. That, that's all you had to say. And it also Keith has, David. Yeah. Right. And Wilford Brimley. R- right. Boom. <sighs> what more do you need? You don't need any more. No. But you get more. Yeah. Because it's yeah. Banana dog. That's all I'm gonna say. I'll tell you from the from the few parts I've seen, I think the thing has a lot of promise. <laughs> I bet I I bet it's pretty good. All right. Also, let me just say real quick, that is, or there is one movie that John Carpenter will actually like set down his sort of like funny joking demeanor and say like I'm proud of one thing that I did, and it is the thing. 
Wow. That's the one that he really cares about. Yeah. Good. So I'll be he interested to see. He should be proud see. of it. Yeah. All right. And it was a bomb. We'll cover that. We'll cover that. All right. So uh, check out our website, Summer Podcast Master. Summerpodcastmassacre.com. Shoot us an email, summerpodcast at gmail.com. What's your favorite car? Uh, check out our YouTube page. It's got all these episodes or some of them with a static image of our logo. It's great. Give us the views. Bump up the algorithm. Do people still use YouTube? I don't care. Uh, huge thanks to our patrons. You help make this show possible. Tim, do you got anything else to say about Christine? I only went to the bathroom once, and I in this movie, there's uh, a section where we find out that somebody has taken a shit on uh, Christine's, like, dash. And just, I know that you don't like it when I get up to go to the bathroom as often as I do, but at least it's just peeing. Imagine how bad it would be if I shit that much. I was actually worried about doing that myself as I was having a cup of coffee before you got here. I'm like, oh, my God, am I going to have to go take a shit? Something tells me if you ever had to that I might be able to muddle. Also, I'm glad you brought that part up because that also reminded me. Check if you haven't seen the other guys that reminded me of a scene in the other guys where they're talking about the guy's car is uh, violated by some homeless men. (laughs) Dirty Mike and the boys. You know what they call it when a bunch of homeless guys have an orgy in your car? They call it a soup kitchen. (laughs) That's awesome. All right, Tim, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.